listening to What We Watched This Week, Minisode 1, a companion podcast to the Popcorn and Pod People podcast. So, Jen, let's talk about what we watched this week, or more importantly, what you watched this week. Yeah, mostly what I watched. <laughs> Although, I mean, I did do some viewing, though it is not going to constitute much of the content for this episode. And our daughter Lila is here as well because she also did some viewing as well. Say hi. Hi. All right. But first off, let's talk about what you watched this week. So you saw a movie called Devil's Pass. Tell me a little bit about this. Oh, Jason. You know how I was obsessed for a while and kind of still am about the Dyatlov Pass incident in uh, Russia. 1959. I know you read a whole book. I was into it. It's a great book. It's called Dead Mountain. I don't necessarily agree with the conclusion that the author comes up with to solve the mystery. I won't give it away, but it was a really good book and it explains kind of every detail of what happened in the incident. So I'm really into this. And the way I got into this is there's this great podcast called Astonishing Legends. And they did, gosh, it was maybe a three or four part series on the Dyatlov Pass incident. What very well researched and that's what got me interested so after that I started researching it on my own and I know a lot about it and I'll kind of gobble up anything I can find about it so this movie The Devil's Pass is based loosely on the Dyatlov Pass incident and not, not the book though no not the book on the but on the I mean on the real incident right it's based on it so the characters in this movie it's a like a found footage movie and they they go to try to retrace the steps of the Dyatlov hikers who disappeared in the Ural Mountains very mysteriously. And then um, their bodies came up kind of mangled and nobody knows what happened to them. <clears throat> so these characters go to recreate and, you know, camp where they camped, camp how they camped and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And they stumble upon this door in the mountain and then all this goofy crap happens and it just turns into this silly farce that I felt was very disrespectful they use actual photos of the Dyatlov campers and it just, even their death photos I mean it just seemed really disrespectful and then the whole idea of what they came up with that happened you know it's almost supernatural it was just very silly and not based on any of the legends that currently exist so i just found it to be disrespectful and stupid like it just made me mad as a fan you know so was it a yeti no <laughs> that would have made more sense and been slightly more respectful to the to the story than what they came up with so would you recommend this movie to others? No. Is it one that I need to watch? No. All right. I do recommend the book, and I recommend that you listen to the Astonishing Legends series on the Dyatlov Pass campers. It's yeah. amazing. And uh, last podcast on the left does an episode about them, but they mispronounce it as Dilatov Pass, which kind of drives me crazy. However, it's pretty well researched, too. Not as deeply as the Astonishing Legends guys, Scott and Forrest, but still fun to listen to still good all right so next up you watch the movie cub a belgium horror flick from 2014 i believe cub oh that movie was weird but it was good i really enjoyed it my only complaint is that it really could have done more character development for the kind of the three main characters 
it's one of those situations where you get deep into it, but you still don't really understand the motives behind the main characters, and you never do. So... Being the poacher and the poacher's son. The poacher, the poacher's son, and then the Cub Scout, who is their sort of... He's kind of mesmerized by the poacher's son. So you like the intermediary? Kind of. Sam, right? Sam. Yeah, it, I love the setting. The sort of forest setting is one of my favorites. That and the and the beach setting, you know, or, or ocean setting are my two favorite things. Sort of isolation. And they're kind of isolated. It's a group of Cub Scouts. And they're out in the woods. And, you know, there's sort of all these kind of tells about things that are going to happen and but there's also problems in the troop there's one of the troop leaders who for some unknown reason just hates sam and just mercilessly torments him and we find out later that sam's a foster kid and his mom said he was you know his foster mom said that he was kind of um what's the word i'm looking for closed off you know that he kind of needed this group or something like it to sort of bring him out of his shell so why that makes this guy i can't remember his name he had a silly name like buddha or boonie <laughs> i remember it was something silly he he just torments this poor kid so i guess the kid finds this poacher's son we don't know it just looks like a little feral kid hiding in the trees he's dirty he's got a weird mask made of what looks like tree bark and sam thinks he's kai this werewolf yeah. of of kind of urban legend exactly so sam thinks he's kai nobody believes sam i don't want to give anything away it's definitely worth watching i wish that sam and kai and the father of kai would have been uh, more developed i think if they'd gone deeper into their stories it would have been a much richer film but it's a fun watch. It's you know, it's on Shutter. That's where I saw it. That's yeah. This is definitely us taking full advantage of our Shutter subscription. Yeah. Um, online, I saw a lot of kind of blase reactions toward the second half of the film. They said that there was a lot of good setup, but a lot of people seemed disappointed in the way it wrapped up. Well, I kind of was too. That's what I mean. If there had been more character development, I think the second half would have been more interesting. As it was, it sort of turned... It started out as something different, but then it turned into sort of your standard slasher. It reminded me a lot of the Final Terror with the sort of gadgets in the woods, you know, set up to trick people. It kind of turned into that, and which is fine. You know, it's fine for what it is, but the first part of the movie starts out really strong. So when it turns into something more stud, you're... you're I, I felt a little disappointed. So you would recommend this film if you like what kind of films? Foresty slasher movies with a twist. A twist? Uh-huh. <laughs> Something I read online, too, that was interesting is that in Belgium, its home country, it was released as an all-ages film. Yes. To some uproar. Now, so is it is it an all-ages no. film? No. Would you let your kindergartner watch this? I 100% would not. It is absolutely inappropriate for children. Those crazy Europeans. It's crazy. Nobody should be... I mean... No one under 18 should watch it. I mean, there's gore in it. It's, it's, I can't believe they released it to all ages. Yeah. And apparently like the Cub Scout program there was like, no, 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 no. Don't watch this. <laughs> Don't take your scouts to go see this. <laughs> Cause apparently parents were doing that, taking their scouts to go see this movie. Cause it's about scouts. Hey, when they say all ages, <laughs> it's absolutely not. All right. Well, let's skip ahead to one of the films that you actually, in a moment of 
mediocre parenting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We let our daughter see a, a part of. Are you talking about Phantasm? I'm talking about The Reef. Oh, The Reef. <laughs> An Australian shock flick. Do you oh, remember The Reef? Oh, yeah. I do loosely, remember loose, Loosely based on a true story. I don't know the true story. Do Ray you? Boundy apparently was a person who was subjected to similar circumstances. But no boys it, survived this movie. Spoiler alert. So, right. No, I'm, I'm... So it's very loosely Yeah. Based. No, just drawn from actual events. Well, the 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 whole reason it came up was I was trying to get Lila to leave the room, so I was like, "I'm gonna put on a scary movie. You need to go play. You need to go do something." Go Backfired. Play. Yeah, and she's like, "Ooh, what are you watching?" I just turned on Shutter TV. What was your reaction to that tactic? Did you find it effective, Lila? Actually, no, I did not. Um, I don't read. I'm her daughter, so I kind of figured, eh, whatever. I'll just close my eyes when I find something gross. <laughs> and plus, I know my mom, so if if she um if she ever thought that I was gonna get too scared, um, I bet she. And if it's true, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, she'd still go to the tactic. Like, that's the whole reason. But, like, if she thought I would ever get scared too much. When it's something natural like that, too. Like, hey, sharks eat people sometimes. I'm <laughs> like, hey, kid, this is the world you live in. <laughs> I, I, I just, and I just remembered that you should try to survive. Yeah. Dun, so, you dun, know. Dun. Yeah, in, well, the, well, in the back of my mind, I'm like, hey, maybe she'll learn something. So what were your, what were your impressions, Lila? Did you actually find it scary? No, it was actually kind of nice. Although, I... I did get nervous when they were when they were when one of the dudes was looking around and we and the cameraman was the cameraman recording the film was like looking around and it, and there was a bunch of blood everywhere in the ocean. Yeah. So it was like underwater and someone had just died by the shark. Yeah, there's a really good tactic that they use in the movie where no one can see under the water except the one guy who has goggles. Luke. Luke. So he'll go under and check and you'll kind of get goggle vision and you can see so he'll put his goggles on and go under the water and look around and then the shark will be right in his face. And it's actually a good little jump scare tactic that works pretty well. I did use it as a teachable moment too. I was like, so Lila, if you're approached by a shark, what should you do? (laughs) Do you remember what I told you? No. You punch it in the eyes. Oh, right, right, right. Or the gills, or you now kick I, it. Now I remember it. You try, you try to hurt it so it stops in its tracks and then you move. Even if it has you by the leg, you punch it in the eyes or the gills. No matter how much you hurt and feel like Yeah, you might lose your leg, but you might swim away too. See? Teachable moments, everyone. <laughs> but not try, such, not, try not to lose your leg. Try not to. That's a good option. Not such bad parenting after yeah. all. <laughs> Maybe. It's a fun movie. It's it's not. Jaws is better. How would you say, does a shark movie based on actual events make for a scarier flick than a fictional shark story? Well, considering that we have, in our history, one of the greatest shark movies of all time. You know, it's like, it's still scary. <laughs> it, it holds up, and it's a fictional shark. And, I mean, you just can't outdo it. You can't you can't beat Jaws even with a true story. However, there are some good shark movies based on true stories. The Reef, I would say, is so loosely based. I, I don't know that I would even call it a true story. But do you remember Open Water? No. Where the two divers get lost at sea, and it's okay. Didn't well, see it. Open Water is based on a true story, and it's pretty spooky. 
And they're really out in the, the actors are really out in the open ocean with sharks. And they had shark wranglers. Fire my agent. Yeah, no thank you. (laughs) All right, so getting back to some of the movies you watched. Mission to Mars, Brian De Palma, 2000. Okay, audience, I have a pinched nerve in my neck. And I'm sleeping a lot during the day. I'm just kind of sitting around. You know when you're in proud parenting. You're not yeah, you know when you're in pain and you're kind of miserable and you just want to watch something dumb. This movie is perfect for that. So I was flipping around on HBO last night. It was like eleven o'clock at night. Everyone was asleep. I'd slept all day. So (laughs) I was just had nothing to do. So I found this one. It stars Gary Sinise, Tim Robbins, Don Cheadle, and the lady from The Gladiator. Oh, and Jerry O'Connell. Connie Nielsen. Connie Nielsen. Why can't I not ever remember Wonder her name? Wonder Woman's mom. And I was like, what is this movie? And it's Brian De Palma directed it. And I, I was like, I've never heard of this, so I have to watch it. And I love space movies, you know, sci-fi, Mars. It seemed like he was trying to tap into some of the zeitgeist with all the faces on mars yeah photos and that's a big part of the story is a face on right. mars and so spoiler for me bottom line is the black guy a bad guy don Cheadle? yeah no because he survives the first landing yeah and this the second crew with connie nielsen the is rescue the rescue team. crew right yeah. okay um, no, I was wondering if he like guy. goes psycho or something. That was how. I mean, he goes out. a little cuckoo because he's marooned on Mars for a year by himself. Matt Damon held it together. That's right, he did. What are they trying to say? And he was there for two years. They trying to say a brother can't handle it, <laughs> can't handle his shit. Well, earmuffs, Lila. This. Jk, Jk. What? What? She didn't, I didn't hear you. I didn't. No. Get she it. was no. zoned out. No, I mean, I was zoned out, but I mean, like, no. <laughs> Are you saying our podcast is boring? No! <laughs> I got distracted by the mirror. Oh, she's staring at herself in the mirror. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, Dad, what was the JK? No worries, baby. Don't no, worries. I, I want to know. He said a cuss word and told you earmuffs. That's all. Like, ignore that. Ignore Don't it. hear it. Okay. Good job. Fist bump. Okay. Uh, so it, it had an interesting story. It had a lot of cheese ball Hollywood stuff like goofy lines and silly things that wouldn't really happen like spoiler alert Tim Robbins dies he sacrifices himself to save his wife who is Connie Nielsen and like five minutes later she's back to business as usual there's absolutely no crying time and I thought it was so weird because the whole time they're rubbing their love in Gary Sinise's face because his wife died of cancer and they're like always hugging and kissing and he's kind of looking at him wistfully so then we're seeing that oh they're so in love and this makes Gary Sinise sad and then when Tim Robbins dies Connie Nielsen's like oh that sucks okay what do I need to do next just there's just no sad time and I thought it was weird so it went well maybe Tim Robbins was an emotional vampire and she was glad (laughs) to be rid of that no that wasn't what they set up they set up very much in love so So you you would recommend this movie if people like which films oh no she's delusional I know what to do what (laughs) hugging her mother madly hugging me madly oh well I like that no I mean like like I was just like I was I was like pretending to um okay so like dad said you were like 
maybe he was a delusional vampire or something. Oh. And then uh, um, you were all like, no, this was about madly in love. And then I went, oh, no, she's delusional. Get it now? Sure. Okay. Good job. <laughs> hey, good one. <laughs> so uh, it's a silly movie. It's got a lot of Hollywood goofiness. Jerry O'Connell has a bunch of goofy one-liners. However, sometimes you're in the mood for a movie like this. Would it have been better if Michael Ironsides had been in it? Everything is better with Ironsides. <laughs> Everything. And yes, it would have been. Uh, it's it's silly. It's bad, but it's fun. It's just a fun, silly thing to watch, especially if you don't feel good and you don't want to think too hard about it. It tries to get real deep into how the Martians seeded Earth with life and blah, 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 seeded. blah, blah. blah. <laughs> Yeah, seriously but what a penetrating myth exactly it is <laughs> but uh, you don't have to think too hard to watch and enjoy it it's just silly silly fun nice nice well yeah you, you watched a film this past week that i was a little surprised that we had started it in one of our shutter meanderings blind sun yes a movie about migrants in greece water violence Yes. Or, or violence surrounding water rationing or water scarcity. Yeah, and it's interesting. The premise is set in what's called in the description a pre-apocalypse setting. That so it resembles a not-too-distant Yeah, like it seems like now. something that could happen. A corporation controls all the water. So if you want water, you have to have money. If you don't have money, you, you don't, don't get, get water. water. Yeah. And there's one way to wage class warfare. Yeah. But uh, in a surprising um, move for a kind of a Euro art film, you finished it. I did finish it. It was, I finished it in chunks. We started it one night and uh, we only got about 30 minutes into it. It's very meandering. It's a, an immigrant whose name I can't remember. He kind of just wanders around. Uh, he takes a job. He gets harassed, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of just him walking and driving and... It's a, it could be a short film of about 20 minutes. There's just too much nothing. It is a beautiful film. It's Visually, it's really pretty to look at. But not much happens in it. And then in the last 15 minutes or so, there's some action. But it's one of those things that I don't like that a lot of art films like to do where it's like, is it all in his mind or is it real? We don't know. And then the credits roll hate that crap tell me what happened or don't spoon feed me spoon feed me so would you recommend this film for people if you like art films yes you'll probably like this do one. you know anyone who likes art films you Jason, should i watch this you'd probably like it hmm. i mean it's interesting i don't have the time there's a lot of interesting stuff in it and i think it's one of those that within uh, upon re-watching it you could pick out things every time you watch it. You could pick out new things that you didn't notice before. Right. The actors are all solid. The you know the. Um, it looked gritty because yeah. we watched probably maybe the first third together. Uh huh. Yeah. And uh, it was gritty and very realistic. You did feel the heat. Yeah, he sweats a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And when the whenever the faucet kind of sputters and the water's not quite running. Like, no. So. People who like art films. People who like out. art films. People, like people who Lynch. like slow burns. I wouldn't say David Lynch. I mean, well, maybe. I don't know. But I'd say if you if you don't mind a good slow burn and you don't mind the mind F aspects, 
of this sort of is it happening in his head or is it real and you don't mind that that doesn't really get answered then go for it <laughs> all right you heard it here first folks <laughs> run out and see blind son if you're one of those sort it's on shutter all right so all three of us did take the time last week to watch one of probably the greatest dinosaur movies ever made absolutely jurassic park not to impugn I, ray harryhausen I, I know it's so good you liked it oh yeah <laughs> Do you remember that part where um where the black guy goes down into the pit and like like then then doesn't come back when the power's off and the power doesn't come on while he's still down while he's still viewers you can't see this but I'm doing doing the two fingers on each thing moves you know the air quotes that may make seem like you know um Dang it, I forgot. Samuel Jackson had gone down to turn the power on. And when it didn't come on... Laura Dern goes. Yeah. Expecting him to be... But he's not there. Yeah. But... But, but he is. But he is. <laughs> yeah. What happens? <laughs> okay. There are dinosaurs in there, and she's scared, and then the man's hand... um Emerges from behind some pipes. On, onto her shoulder. Yeah, and she... She thinks he's comforting her. Yeah, but no. She's it's, like, oh, Dr. Allen! And then she grabs his hand like, oh, I'm gonna comfort you too. And the whole arm comes away. Yeah, he was <laughs> eaten by the... What are they doing? Velociraptors. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that movie holds up. I mean, it's almost 25 years old and it's still a good movie. I know. Way to go, Spielberg. The CG is very tastefully done and it there is. are lots of really good practical effects. And there's a ton of good, like the puppetry. Right. Oh man, it still looks great. I mean, it's really compelling great. for that reason, the mix. Yeah. The fact that. And it's seamless. The it mix is those. seamless. Yeah. Yeah, it's so well done. It's he, such a good story. He maintains most of the CG at a tasteful distance. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's long shots. Yeah. Not a, not any tawdry close-ups. Yeah. So, Lila, would you recommend this to your friends to see? Mm-hmm. How scary was it? It wasn't that scary. Even though every time Mom brought it up, I was like, no, no, no. Yeah, she was afraid to watch it. Yeah. So you felt like the build-up was more scary than the actual film? Yeah. But, like, no, I mean, like, I was scared of the movie itself. So, technically, we're back to square one. What was your favorite part about the film? Um, when the guy w- asked the lady to go, and then we got back to him after a little storytelling of the original thing. Then we got back to the guy who was about to shoot one of the one of the velociraptors. Mm-hmm. And a guy at the beginning said, if you stare at the beginning one, then two, not from the back, the sides will come and kill you and then and and when they begin to eat you and like and like he's staring at one waiting to shoot it and then Mm -hmm. then one comes from the side and they eat him and what did he say clever girl girl. clever girl he he was the gamekeeper from africa yeah that, that was a scene that stood out this movie holds the distinction of being probably the movie the single movie i've most seen in an actual theater it was at a dollar cinema not far from where i worked um i think a year or two after it came out and i saw it about 19 times because i could over over the course of probably a month and a half that it ran in the theater back in the day yeah for five bucks i could go and hang out and watch a movie get a coke and some popcorn it made for a pleasant evening when none of my friends could hang out 
My most watched theater movies are The Lost Boys and Dead Poets Society. I wish I had seen both of those in the theater, but I did not. Those were definitely video views for me. Mm. All right. Getting back to your list of finds, something that looked right up your alley with a really swamp thing looking cover was a Shutter. Is it a Shutter exclusive? Lake Nowhere. I don't know if it's a Shutter exclusive, but I think it might be. What's neat about Lake Nowhere is that it is made to look like a bootleg VHS. So it's got these little cuts where other things pop up as if it's been recorded over something else. One of the little cuts that pops up is a an advertisement for a Jallo, a fake Jallo movie. And another one's for a movie called Harvest Man that looks amazing. It's, it's a horror film. It's just like a trailer for this terrible looking horror film called Harvest Man. And it, I kind of want to see the full length version of that. And some commercials, there's a beer commercial that pops up. And it's all done to look like the late 70s, early 80s VHS style. And uh, it's very gritty and grainy. And then they go with a lot of the tropes of that era. I didn't... The slasher era? Yeah, of that era of horror film. Is it supernatural? I mean, it looks like a a swamp monster. There's a mixture of slasher and supernatural and the supernatural part is never properly explained and you know how that bugs me. all our early jason though no no not like that like is jason really supernatural or is there a certain point where he's destroyed goes to hell and then finally comes back i think after he's killed the first time which would be in the second movie and then comes back he's then becomes because after that you just can't kill him until until the one where he's at the bottom of a lake and this psychic girl's psychic energy wakes him up and that's what makes him come back. So do they ever explain why he's granted this particular gift? And not that I can recall, but it's been a while since I've seen But you seen have no problem with that. Jason. <laughs> God. I was just saying. I'm just... you in the nuts. <laughs> Don't say nuts. People will know. Testicles. I'm going to punch you in the testicles. That's even worse. (laughs) Sorry. Precision of language, please. Precision of language, please. Precision of language. So, uh, altogether, I didn't think it was great. However, if you... It's only 51 minutes long. It's super short. The VHS sort of bootleg aspect of it makes it fun if you grew up on that kind of stuff. So, I mean, if you have Shudder and you have an hour to kill... It's worth a watch. But do, uh, do you feel like these particular Keech values kind of narrow the market down to just persons of our age, our generation? Yeah, I do. Yeah, that's kind of nice. Yeah, if if you hadn't if you hadn't grown up in that era or watched and enjoyed horror films from that era, and you just sat down and watched this, I think it would just confuse you, you know. And if it didn't have the kitschy, bootleg quality where they added in the the extra video and stuff to make it look like a bootleg VHS. I don't think it would have been that interesting all by itself. It's got a lot of good reviews that, you know, personally, I didn't find it to be that enthralling. I I wouldn't watch it again. Do you feel like it kind of, it crosses that line then where homage becomes too much of a good thing? No, I just thought that the story wasn't that strong. So really it's, it's the crutch that props the film. Yeah, exactly. With a better story. I mean, it could have been its own, thing so you'd recommend it as time filler yeah entertaining maybe background party viewing maybe yeah it might be good for a party it's short and it's got some good slashery stuff in it and there's stuff you can talk about at the end but yeah 
just to sit at home and watch it by yourself if you want a really good horror film. Nah. Well, talking about viewing from an era, you and I both grew up on the Twilight Zone. Yes. Uh, the Twilight Zone ran in reruns on many different stations throughout my youth and teen years, and they probably affected my sci-fi and horror palette I'm I'm sure. to a great degree. Or uh, the only episode I've ever saw viewers and wanted Listeners. to see. Right. <laughs> they can't see us. I know. I, I just keep mixing those That's words okay. up. Anyways, um, was that little astronaut one. It's kind of cheesy. Right. And you can tell the ast- the tiny astronauts are toys. I totally forgot. Is it called the invaders or... Something like that. And you think that the woman is like, like an... Is like a human because it looks so much like right, that. like an earthling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She Primitive looks human. And yeah, and then there's... and then at the end you find out this really, 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 really good um um twist twist. Yeah. And if you wanna find out what the twist is, you're gonna have to watch Twilight Zone. Ooh, Lila's spoiler-free here. Spoiler-free for Lila. Twilight Zone is all about the twist, though, Yeah, and and making you think. What I was really impressed with is I knew Richard Matheson is prolific. He wrote I Am Legend. He wrote almost all of the Kolchak episodes, one of the Kolchak TV movies. He wrote that episode. Apparently, he wrote a ton of Twilight Zone as well. So the Richard Matheson mythos grows. So if you're a fan of any of his stories, we should definitely revisit some of his Twilight Zone episodes. Yeah. I think that we're going to do that soon. It was good writing, right? Yeah. 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 I'm Talkie Tina, and I want you to watch Twilight Zone. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to get Lila to watch the Talkie Tina episode, and no. she won't do it. Creepy dolls are creepy, man. No! Magic with Anthony Hawkins has scarred me. I'm Talkie Tina, and I'm going to kill you. All right. Whoa. <laughs> Please stop. Okay. Another stellar parenting moment. Just, just stop. <laughs> so another 80s era film that I grew up, I, I remember growing up and seeing it in the video store all the time, but I have never actually seen it. It's Phantasm. You've never seen Phantasm? No. Oh, we're going to cover it. It's great. So Don Coscarelli, young filmmaker, sets this classic in Oregon, films it mainly in California on a micro budget over a year tell me about this film you watched this again recently i saw it a thousand times as a kid i mean over and over i was probably lila's age she's almost nine i think i caught it at about that age on television we just come from a long line of bad parents it's true nobody nobody watched what i nobody monitored or screened what i was watching so, yeah, I was just catching all this stuff on TV all the time. So, Phantasm, I'd seen a jillion times, and it was scary. Now, it hasn't aged particularly well, but I have a nostalgia for it, you know. Of course, it looks a little more silly now. The effects have, have not aged. Well, $300,000, I mean, but, that's not a lot of money. But the story is still strong. Right. It's still a good movie. Like, it's still fun to watch. I read online that many of the actors reported they never saw a completed script, so they were going with kind of the basic idea of a story. Oh, wow. And that apparently some scenes changed and morph over time, I guess depending upon the requirements of the day or the necessities Ooh, a la at creep. hand. So some of it's improvised. Some of the dialogue is kind of put together. 
I did read that the director, writer, producer, Don Coscarelli, was really intrigued by the actor who he had cast as the tall man, and that he, the actor, brought this gravitas to the role, and he realized, Don, the director, realized that it was going to be something special and unique because of the way that this... And he really is the iconic figure on the yeah. poster. Angus Scrim. Yeah, the tall man. So is he a recurring character in all the other films? Mm-hmm. Is that who I saw on the... Because yeah. you, you also watch parts of Phantasm 3 and 4. 3 and 4 have been on rotation on Shutter TV, so I've kind of watched them in chunks. And I've actually not seen those before. So I didn't know what I was watching. I knew it was Phantasm related, but I didn't know which number it was. So that was kind of fun. I was like, ooh, look, Reggie's old. Whoa, Mike's grown up. <laughs> look at Jody. He's a ball now. <laughs> Seriously? Yes. Oh, oh, wait, I saw that scene now with you. I mean, you know, where the two boys met up with the phantasm thing. Yeah. I watched the scene. I, I saw, I saw um, like, two scenes, even though you, th- you guys thought it was kind of too scary for me. Um, I, saw t- I saw two scenes, um, not in a row but like two scenes um one as one of uh, one as them of, as kids and then ironically them all grown up it was weird mm-hmm. and in that order i read online that those are unused deleted scenes from the first film oh that they yeah that they so incorporate into then. later films so that's pretty cool i think he originally cast most of those actors were amateurs or up-and-coming professional types that had appeared in other projects not successful projects of his earlier ones oh, okay. so and that a lot of the characters he wrote in the script around the actors that he had to perform so it wasn't it was less of a matter of him writing a role and then finding the perfect person to play it and more of the fact if I have this person to play a role I'm going to create a character around that so very creative and you know those often make the best films they do when 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 there are clear limitations Mm -hmm. to what you can do it really pushes people to the creative limit I agree and we're going to do Phantasm on a future episode I can't believe you've never seen it no it's essential viewing yes absolutely this will become a more expanded popcorn and pod people podcast episode excellent so speaking of viewing in chunks we have (laughs) each of us watched chunks of this osploitation film um starring a peter o'toole lookalike and donald pleasance called wake in fright and it's a really intriguing looking film it kind of has uh a pseudo mad max almost apocalyptic look but it's not I, not. i still don't understand I have not seen the whole movie in its entirety. Me either. <laughs> so I've seen parts of the beginning, parts of the middle, parts of the end. It's also on rotation, uh, in rotation on the Shutter Into the Wild channel. For I guess for the remainder of the summer, they have this Into the Wild channel, so it's all like outdoorsy and foresty. Right. That's where Cub was on. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, so like the chunks that we have seen have really intrigued me. And yeah. I, I want to watch this movie. So it's and it's called Wake and Fright. Nothing really is happening, though. Yeah, it's really It's very... The thing that stands out to me is how realistic it is. It's almost like you're really following someone around, watching his day-to-day life. Jason remarked this morning, we watched a scene from it, and they really are eating steak and drinking beer. Steak and eggs. They order steak and eggs and beer. And they're actually eating and drinking it. Looks glorious. And on TV now, you know, they piddle... 
with their they meals and pretend it. poke and don't really take any Shake bites. Shake their empty beverage containers. Yeah, it's obnoxious. Hold them in it was, manners. Donald Pleasance took a swig of beer and then wiped his mouth off. Because he really dribble, took a swig dribble. of beer. <laughs> yeah, so there's something cool. glorious about seeing someone do a mundane everyday activity. And I think this is full of those protracted scenes of ordinariness that because they're so drawn out, they kind of garner this foreboding atmosphere. Yeah. But like you said, we have yet to see anything very scary happen. Yeah, I have not I have not seen anything. But it's on the shutter. So it's on shutter. There's gotta be something creepy. So less less of a movie that we've actually viewed and more of hey, we could all view this together, folks. Yeah. Well, um, at the very end, I did see the last maybe 20 minutes of it a couple days ago. And before the credits roll, there's a disclaimer about the kangaroo shooting scenes, which I haven't seen that portion yet and kind of don't want to see that portion. But apparently it, it, this disclaimer mentioned that it, this was a real hunt for kangaroos by professional licensed hunters. But then it flips and says... As a result, the kangaroo are, you know, endangered. So we dis- the filmmakers discussed with the Australian Animal Welfare, whatever, whatever, about whether or not we should use this footage. And they told us to use it to bring awareness. So that's why we've left this footage in the film. So I kind of want to research that a little bit and see if it did any good, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's interesting to contemplate that culturally, culturally, the United States and Australia both come with that kind of British colonial baggage. Mm-hmm. And we have similar history to a certain degree. But we are very different countries, very different worlds. There's a whole different set of uh, circumstances involved in their the outback, their, their version of, of uh, the Western life. And all those creatures, marsupials. You marsupial should put hunting. in that sound bite of a season, sorry, from Flight of the Concords talking about Australia. Well, I would, except that would be impossible since Aziz Ansari is not on Flight of the Concords. Oh, but he is. <laughs> Get ready for the sound bite, people, because I'm going to find it. It's a great speech. Too bad New Zealanders are a bunch of cocky a holes descended from criminals and retarded monkeys. You're thinking of Australians. Yeah, that's Australians. That's Australians. No, 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 New Zealanders. They throw another shrimp on the barbie, ride around in your kangaroos all day. No, 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 no that's no, Australians. That's, you're thinking of Australians, that's not us. I've totally confused you with Australians. I, I feel terrible. Oh, just, no, oh, no. Your it, accents, they're just kind of similar. Our accents are completely different. They're, they're like, where's the car? And we're like, where's the car? You know completely. what, hey, ha- have some of my fruit, please. I feel terrible. Do you want that red delicious still? Oh, I would love that red delicious, okay. yeah. This red delicious is on me. You still want that banana? Thank I you. love that banana. Yeah. Oh Here you go. Oh, that's hey, so crazy. I'm Sinjay. I'm Jermaine. Good to meet you. Brett. Neela, you can you can uncover your eyes. They're not Australian. They're New Zealanders. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's what we watched this week. The mini so one. What? I farted. Lila. <laughs> Please don't edit that out. <laughs> Seriously, don't. She's our kid. <laughs> so tell the listeners. That's what we always say at the end. Let's 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 go go get get some waffles. waffles. And watch a movie. Yeah.